I had to really take an honest look at what I was doing and see if it was hurting me or helping me. Yeah. In all of this, being honest with ourselves and examining our behavior and having those come to Jesus moments, there is no self-bullying. Fuck no. Or self-deprecating bullshit. Right. I mean, this is a misconception I think a lot of people have is that having compassion for yourself and giving yourself grace is the same thing as being soft on yourself, right? And that's and not, not wanting true. to be better and not wanting to make positive change towards your goals. And I take great issue with that. <laughs> same here. I mean, yeah, you can't browbeat yourself into changing just like browbeating mm -hmm. change into somebody else doesn't work. And most of the time we would, we talk to ourselves the way we would never talk to anybody else. So, oh, absolutely. Like having that compassion for yourself and be like, you know what? Today did not go as planned. What is one thing I can do tomorrow to make sure that my day goes according to plan? That is compassion. Hey there. Welcome to Tater Talks. Two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. You guys are joining us in the middle of a conversation because this is what happens when Brooke and I get together is we just shoot the shit for half an hour instead of actually recording it. <laughs> and so we, we realized we should probably record it. So here we are. What were we talking about, Brooke? So we were talking about how Iris and I are currently both in like a little bit of a fitness slump. Mm -hmm. And I, I really think that this is a good topic for this episode. I mean, we were literally talking and I'm like, this should be an episode. And we said, hey, let's just, <laughs> let's do it right now. Because we want you listening to know that your fitness quote unquote journey is not going to be sunshine and rainbows all the time. Yeah. Like even after training for years, you're still going to have ebbs and flows. And right now, I'm in an ebb. And I think Iris had mentioned that she's in an ebb. And so what does an ebb look like for you, Iris? Well, I mean, it feels like blah. Like everything is just yeah. kind of blah. Like I'm not enthusiastic about it. And I think we talked in one of the previous episodes where like motivation is different than drive. So like I'm still driven towards my goals. I still know what I want. I'm still doing the stuff, but like I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I'm not like fired up and gung-ho and let's, yeah, let's go do this thing. And, you know, it takes a lot more mental convincing of myself to actually do the stuff instead of just, you know, it is a habit. I do it. I don't think about it. But it's kind of like, well, do I really want to? Well, yeah, I guess I do because I really want this. But like, I don't feel like it, but I should do it anyway. Kind of like in my head, back and forth all the time. And you know, I end up doing it most of the time. <laughs> we were talking about getting our steps in, which is something we were both kind of like bleh about. You know, for a while there, I was getting like two, 3,000 steps a day, which is way less than I usually do. I mean, my minimum goal is eight and a half thousand, which I usually hit pretty consistently. But sometimes I'm just kind of like, eh. Yeah, I feel that because usually I try to hit about eight too. Mm -hmm. Like I also hit eight. At I mean, least, being an online yeah. coach... Even though I'm a coach, I still have like a job where I'm on the computer a lot. Right. So, and yeah, I have like a treadmill desk, but let me be honest, 
sometimes it is hard to program while walking on a treadmill, especially <laughs> if you're having to like go to YouTube and try to find videos or if you have to record videos. Like sometimes it's nice to just sit down and have that focus. Mm-hmm but I've definitely been doing too much sitting down. So I also like to walk and watch TV. And lately I've just been so busy with just life and work and motherhood that, you know, I've been kind of letting it get away from me. I haven't been walking and watching my Grey's Anatomy (laughs) at night. I've been sitting on the couch and watching it instead of like, you know, doing something maybe that's a little bit more conducive to my goal. Cause I've been getting roughly two to 3000 too. So What's interesting is today's a Wednesday Mm -hmm. and I'm deciding like today in the middle of the week. So like if you're listening and you're like, well, I'm just going to wait until Monday, like it's Wednesday and I'm changing that right now. I am going to be changing that right now because it's like, okay, I've recognized what the issue is. Like I'm still driven towards my goals. I've just been slacking a little bit. So, you know, even though it's a Wednesday, I'm going to make sure that I get a minimum of 6,000 steps today. I'm not going to go gung-ho and say, I'm going to get eight. I'm going to start with six. And if I get more than cool, like bonus points. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's okay to allow yourself to have these moments. I mean, it's life, right? Nobody is perfectly on the ball, perfectly dialed in, perfectly enthusiastic about all the stuff all the time. Like that's unrealistic. And I think in allowing ourselves to have these moments and like still being aware, like awareness is the first step to literally any change that we want to make. But allowing ourselves to be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm kind of slumpy right now. That's fine, you know? And then I think, oh, yeah, I think that makes it easier to snap ourselves out of it too, you know? If you let yourself relax a little bit sometimes. And then, like for me with the steps, I started to realize I don't feel good. Like I'm lethargic and my bones are achy. (laughs) I'm not old enough for my bones to be achy, but it's just because I wasn't (laughs) moving, right? And so you you realize that and then that snaps you out of it too. And then you're like, all right, well, time to take some steps to actually make some change here. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of where I've been at. And so like, one thing that I hear a lot with people is about like motivation. Well, I just don't have the motivation (laughs) or like they'll hire a coach or they'll hire me for motivation when like the way that you've explained it in previous episodes, you have to have that drive. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not motivated all the time. Like I'm not motivated to work out. I'm not motivated to get my steps in, but like it is that drive of, you know what? I know I'm not motivated right now, but I know that if I do the work, I'm going to see results and then that's going to get me motivated. So I've definitely been in a fitness slump. I've had to take tools that I'm teaching my clients and Mm -hmm. really have to apply them to myself a little bit more strict lately, just because I was telling Iris right before he started recording, like, I bought the Kirkland Signature like mini chocolate chip cookies and man, those are good. Like just don't even do it, guys. Like if you're listening to this, just don't stay away because they're delicious. And it's one of those things where I had them sitting on the top of the fridge where they were in my line of sight. Like I could see them. And, you know, I made the decision yesterday to take them out of the line of sight. I actually sent them to school for Micah's student or for Micah's students or Micah's (laughs) classmates to enjoy it like snack time or something. Like I've just got them out of the house. I took all the other foods that I noticed I was craving lately, or they were in my line of sight that maybe, you know, I I wanted foods that are less available. So I put those in the pantry on the very top shelf where I don't look. And then I moved 
you know, moved things around in my fridge and cleaned out my fridge and made sure I picked off all the grapes off of the stems and washed them and had them easily ready to go. Lowering the barrier of entry for the habits you want to have. Making it easier on yourself, essentially. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so now instead of, you know, walking by and, oh, I think (laughs) I need a cookie, I can go, you know what? I need a handful of grapes. Like open the fridge, see the grapes. Yeah, those sound good right now. Instead of, oh, a cookie sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) So really taking the tools that like I teach my clients and applying them to myself. I mean, you know, we're all on a fitness journey. Like we're all doing this together. Just because I'm a coach doesn't mean that I have all, I do have a lot of answers, but like, it doesn't mean that I have my moments of, you know, reverting back to old habits, you know, like, but one thing that's really helped me and I'm sure Iris, this has helped you is being aware and recognizing when it's happening and doing one small thing to move the needle forward towards your goals. Oh yeah. Hugely important. I mean, awareness is where it all starts. Do you notice a thread here with all the stuff we're talking about is that the way we get out of the slump is taking action? 100%. Not thinking about it, not waiting for the motivation to come, not stopping at, well, I want to do this. You you take action. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby steps are still steps. But the the key here is to actually pick something and do it. And again, you know, Even if you're not starting out, like Brooke was talking about with her step goal, not raising it to 12K, you know, you don't need to be there anyway, but starting from like 3K, raising it to 6K, that's a great starting point. You don't have to go balls to the wall with all the things because that is the perfect recipe for burnout. You can take the little tiny things and start there. You know, maybe rearranging your kitchen counter, like Brooke was saying. Don't leave the cookies right there, where every time you have to pass them, you have to re-decide whether or not you want a cookie. Put them in a pantry. Yeah, get them out of your line of sight. Yeah, put the fruits and veggies right in your line of sight when you open the fridge. Oh, yeah, that has actually been probably one of the best things that I have done for my own. I started doing that before I was even a coach because I had a coach before I was coach and my coach suggested that. And it was like, whoa, it was such a change. Like taking all of the foods, like when you open the fridge, cause like no foods are off limits, you know, like no, no foods are off limits, but you can make the foods that might be a little bit less nutritious, a little bit more calorically dense, and you can put them in the veggie tray. Mm-hmm. Like you can put them in the vegetable crisper, get them out of your line of sight and put the vegetables and the foods that you want to gravitate towards and put those in your line of sight. Like it makes life so much easier when you do that, because when you open it up and you're looking for a snack, you're not going to open the fucking vegetable crisper. And if you do, <laughs> like I keep all of my like cheese sticks and Beecher's cheese, cheese drawer. in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause like here in Seattle, like we have Beecher's cheese and oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> it is so good. And so I get the cheese sticks at Costco. Micah ate an entire bag of them one day. Yeah. And one mm. day he had an entire Mood, bag. Actually. <laughs> $15 worth of cheese. Oh my. I'm like, bro, really? I digress. But I keep Boy those knows what cheese he wants. sticks. He does. He's a he's a cheese man, one hundred percent. And so I keep those in the veggie crisper. So not that cheese is bad, but 
when you're eating, like when you're walking by and you open the fridge and you're eating four of them a day, like it can be a little calorically dense. And so instead, like I said, I picked off the grapes off of the stem. I washed them. I put them in a clear Tupperware container so So I can see see inside Mm -hmm. them. And that's it. Like now when I open the fridge, I'm like, oh yeah, grapes sound good. And they're half the amount of calories and there's more nutrients. So, you know, making those little changes can really help. Like reorganizing your fridge, cleaning out your pantry. And when I say cleaning out your pantry, I don't mean throwing away all the quote unquote ultra processed food. That's not what I mean. I mean, reorganize your pantry, reorganize it, put foods that you want to gravitate towards that are going to get you closer to whatever your goal is. Put those in your line of sight, like right as you open it, it's the first thing that you see. And then put the the things that you don't want to gravitate towards as much that might be considered like a, an exception or something that you're trying to moderate, put that out of your line of sight. That way, when you open the pantry and you're looking for that item, it's because you really want it, not just because it's there. Right. The way our kitchen is laid out, we have this little cupboard under the microwave. It's like completely separate from the rest of the pantry. We actually think that that part of the kitchen used to be like a stone pizza oven. And so we're thinking about making it again a pizza oven. But as it stands now, the microwaves in there under there is like the popcorn slash snack cabinet. And that is where we put all of the munchy stuff. That's just where it lives. And that is the kind of separation. I'm not saying you need to have like an entire separate cabinet for snack stuff, but maybe move them out of the line of sight. So when you open it, when I open my regular pantry, because not all the snack stuff fits in the snack, we buy a lot of snacks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I open my regular pantry, what I see immediately is like canned vegetables, canned soup, like bags of rice for refills for the rice container, and some other stuff that I know that personally I'm not going to gravitate towards as much, like giant boxes of cereal or the granola bars that I eat before my workout in the morning. That kind of stuff is more like a quick, I need energy before a workout for me. And so personally, I'm not going to just go reach in them and eat them and eat them and eat them. But if I have a box of wheat thins in there and I'm bored, you bet your ass I'm going to reach in there and eat them and eat them. them. (laughs) So I put them in the snack section of the pantry, which is kind of like on the bottom shelf or in the other snack cabinet, because out of sight, out of mind, you know, if it's not right there, every time I open that, I don't have to convince myself that I I really don't need it. I'm just bored, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I do the same thing with my pantry. You know, when we open it up, like what's in the line of cider is like applesauce pouches. Yeah, us too. Canned fruit. Yeah, canned fruit. Those little mandarin origin. Oh, gosh. Origin. Those are so good. Origins. (laughs) Yeah, like I will have like, you know, the no sugar added peach cups Mm -hmm. because, you know, both of my boys, they really like their snacks. And so I make sure that they have their snacks. They're just number one up high. So Micah can't just go in and get them because he will (laughs) crawl in the bottom of the pantry and sift through there. But then I put Nick's snacks like on the bottom and he, he appreciates it, but like, I'll (laughs) keep like the no sugar added peaches because even I like those. So I'll put those there. I'll put, you know, my protein pasta. I'll put, you know, my canned fruits, my canned vegetables. I'll put, you know, things that are easily accessible. Things like my skinny pop, like my popcorn. Like I'm not a, like I love popcorn, but it's one of those foods for me personally that I'm like, you know what? I can have one bowl of popcorn and be good. 
and it'll satisfy my craving and that's it. And so I keep that there. You know, I keep snacks that are a little bit more high in fiber, a little bit more nutrient dense, a little bit lower calorie. I keep those like right available in my pantry. Um, Same with like my granola bars (laughs) pre-workout. You know, I keep those things there and out of sight, out of mind with everything else. Same thing with the fridge. You know, um, I actually last night got a wild hair at my ass and just just, you're <laughs> all. So we used to use like the Tupperware containers from like the pad thai we used to get from our favorite restaurant and we would save all of them um, mm-hmm. for like meal prep and stuff. And what I realized is they are actually like black on the bottom with the clear I literally lid. have a stack of those in a drawer somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> And I ended up saying, I'm going to give these to my grandma because every holiday she loves to send people home with leftovers, but nobody brings Tupperware. So I'm just going to give them all to her and be like, give them to everybody else. Oh, that's a good idea. But I ended up going to Costco yesterday to pick up a prescription and on sale were these Rubbermaid Brilliance clear containers. And I bought two sets of that and I cleaned out my Tupperware thing, put all of the clear containers in there. That way, when we put food in them, you can see what that food is instead of throwing food out because you don't know what's in there. Yeah. You know? And then it stays there for three weeks and they're like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, oh crap, I meant to eat that. And so now all the Tupperware we have in our house is clear. Mm-hmm. And I just got it yesterday, but it's one of those where like, I can already tell this is going to make a difference. I can't tell you how many times my fiance has put like leftover dinner in a container and all of a sudden he's like, I'm hungry and there's nothing to eat. And it's like, well, you were saving this for another day. So why don't you eat that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what we do when we go out to eat too. Cause I'll usually bring some home and I'll move it to a clear Tupperware so I can actually see it because if you leave it in the good idea. Yeah. Well, if you leave it in the styrofoam, like that doesn't really seal it. So it gets like kind of dry and crunchy and gross. But, and then if they have like the, like you were saying, the black bottomed containers, you again, can't see it. So then you forget about it. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a good idea of moving your takeout into a clear container. I am so doing that. See, you guys listening to this podcast aren't the only ones learning things. I'm learning (laughs) things too. I'm learning things too. (laughs) Insight in mind, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, that's something that like, it's so helpful when you have those things readily available, especially because like one thing that I've been getting lately, especially with the holidays coming up mm-hmm. has been a lot of talk around motivation. So I've gotten a lot of people, you know, you know, one-on-one training clients. I've had, you know, people on Instagram reaching out like, Hey, I'm just not motivated. I need help. And like, or people will say, you know, Oh, I hired you for motivation. Like, but what happens when we're no longer working together? That's something that like, I don't have somebody, I mean, I'm actually programming for myself now, so I don't have a coach right now. Um, I am my coach, but I have just decided like, there's nobody there to motivate me Mm -hmm. and coaches aren't there to motivate. They're there to give you tools and they're there to guide you and they're there to help with accountability. But one huge proponent of being a client or being a coaching client or being somebody that wants to do this on their own in a way that's sustainable and realistic for their lifestyle. And that is to have self-accountability and it's to be driven and not relying on motivation. Because if you think about it, motivation is a feeling, right? You might not wake up every day feeling the want to go to work. Like you're not going to want to wake up and go to work every day, but you know that if you don't show up, you're not going to get paid. 
So you do things that you don't want to do because you, you're driven to make money. It's the same thing with your goals. It's the same exact thing. It's just you're not receiving anything that's like tangible. So one thing. Not as fast as you want it anyway. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of people <laughs> lose patience too. And it's not until people push through those feelings and say, you know what, I'm just going to buckle down and do the hard shit when I don't want to do it. And then they start realizing, oh, wow, I'm starting to see more definition in my shoulders. Oh, wow. You know, um, my pants are feeling more comfortable. Oh, somebody had noticed that my composition has changed, which personally, I don't like body compliments, but like somebody might experience that. And it's not until then where it's like, oh, I need to keep doing what I'm doing. And then you get motivated. But Kind of like telling somebody who's depressed, like, oh, well, just be happy. Right. Like, that's not helpful. Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, that's not helpful. You can't just be right. happy. You need to do things that make you happy in order to be happy. It's the same thing with motivation. You have to do things to see results, to become motivated and take action first. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people have more inherent motivation, and this is like the Venn diagram of motivation and drive, I think they have more inherently than they give themselves credit for. Because like what you were saying, how many times are we actually like excited and motivated to go to work? And I like, we love our jobs, but are we jumping up and down excited to do them all day, every day? Not always. Probably not, (laughs) you know, but we do them anyway, because we know it's what we have to do to get what we want. And how many things throughout our lives do we do that for? Like, I don't like cleaning litter boxes, but I don't want a stinky house. So I clean the litter boxes. You know, I do the stuff I don't want to do to get what I want, regardless of whether or not I feel like it. And you can think about that in your own life and then translate it into, you know, some other things that you don't want to do. Maybe lifting weights, maybe building a plate with vegetables and protein, you know, you name it. But I think a lot of people have more inherent motivation than they give themselves credit for. And it's just a matter of recognizing it and then working on translating that into the health and fitness stuff. Yeah, 100%. And like some people, I mean, and this sounds harsh, but like some people do use that as a crutch. Mm -hmm. I'm not motivated. I'm not this. Like nobody's motivated all the time. Point blank period. Nobody's motivated all the time. And if you only rely on motivation to do your workouts when you're feeling like doing them, you're not going to see progress, like period. You'll be disappointed. Yeah, Yeah, you're just not going to see progress. And I don't mean to sound brash, but it's true. I mean, I fucking did that. Like you can't bullshit a bullshitter. And (laughs) that's something that I did like in the beginning stages of my fitness journey. Like, oh, I'm not feeling the gym today and I'm going to make up a bunch of different reasons why I can't go. And don't get me wrong. There are some reasons why people legitimately can't go to the gym. Like, you know, sometimes if they're dealing with a severe injury or, you know, if they're sick, like if you're sick, don't go to the gym, please. Please. Yeah, please. Please don't. (laughs) And there's a difference between not feeling great and being sick. Like if you're sick and you have a fever and you're in bed. Or coughing everywhere or sniffling all the time. Yeah. yeah. Then, Then don't go to the gym. But if you're just not feeling like going that day, suck it up. Like, I know that sounds bad. Yeah, I think recognizing that is a skill and that takes practice, especially, you know, I totally agree. People use that as an excuse to not do things. And I think recognizing the difference between 
actual burnout, an actual, I need a break, my body needs a break. And I think a huge piece of this is as well, you know, of course, is what you're trying to do sustainable for you in the first place. Yeah, 100%. 100%. If you are not feeling motivated and you are, you know, your body is physically fatigued and you're going to the gym six days a week, like you need to reevaluate what you're doing and mm-hmm. to see if that's realistic because it's more than likely not. Yeah. What are you doing and what are you expecting to get? Exactly. I think are two things that need to be examined about this. And and be honest with yourself. Like, don't be like, oh, yeah, I can totally do this because you're fucking motivated. I can muscle through and white knuckle it and end yeah. up resenting my life and hating everything. Yeah. That's going to only like put you in the not so great position right. when you're not feeling motivated and you're like, I really don't want to work out six days a week. Like, first of all, you don't need to. Recovery yeah. is so underrated and rest is so important that you need it. But like, if you know that you can show up with 100% consistency, going to the gym three days a week versus showing up 70% consistent five days a week, guess what? I want you to show up three days a week. I want you to do what is sustainable and most consistent. That's what I do. I only strength train two days a week right now because mm-hmm. I know that I can accomplish that. I also do pole fitness. So I'm doing that four days a week. So that's something or three days a week. I'm doing four classes a week though, but that's a lot of physical toll on my body. It's a different type of lifting, to be honest. So I'm honestly working out like four or five days a week right now. And I know that there are some things, like I know that I can't commit to three days a week. I know I can commit to two and I know that I can give myself a little bit of extra rest. I know that I can, you know, work on my mobility with that time. And I mean, I was telling Iris right before this episode, my workouts are drastically different than what I've been doing before. I usually would spend like an hour and 15 minutes in the gym with my mobility and my lifting. And now I'm doing 20 minute, as many rounds as possible. Like I set a timer for 20 minutes, I have five exercises and I rest as needed and I do as many rounds of those five exercises as possible. And that is realistic for me right now. Is it what I want right now? Not necessarily. Like I would love to be able to commit to working out in the gym for an hour and 15 minutes and really like focusing on that. But I know for my goal right now, that's just not realistic and I need to listen to my body and how it feels. And so when you're in that position where you feel like you have these expectations that you're putting on yourself, first and foremost, make sure that they're realistic. Mm -hmm. That'd be a good episode too, is how to know if your expectations are actually realistic. Oh, that would be a good episode. Yeah. I've got thoughts on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's talk about nutrition for a little bit because I don't think the recording caught this, but I was telling you that for the past like three weeks, I have been in kind of a nutritional slump as well. I am in a build right now at the time of recording. It's November and I've been building since January. So eating in a calorie surplus and progressive overload, putting on some muscles. (laughs) But for the past like three weeks, I have been even in a surplus going over my calories a decent amount, you know, not every day, but enough where I'm like, all right, (laughs) something's got to change here. Um, Just making a lot of excuses, you know, the things that people do. And so I had a little come to Jesus moment with myself a couple days ago where I was like, you know what, this is not really serving me and I don't feel good (laughs) 
which is one of my top priorities is I want to feel good while I'm working towards what I'm working for. So when I notice myself doing this, first of all, examining always is what I'm doing sustainable, you know, and I've been doing this long enough, you know, Brooke and I both have where we know that what we're doing is sustainable. (laughs) Sometimes we just have little bitchy moments where we're not doing the things we need to do anyway. (laughs) And when I notice that happening, I will give myself a consistency challenge. I do 10 days of a consistency challenge. I know a lot of people like to do a seven day consistency challenge. I do 10 and I'll say why in a second, but A consistency challenge where I make no excuses, I get really real with myself, and I commit to hitting my calorie goal, my protein goal, and my step goal for 10 days in a row, absolutely no excuses. And of course, it's not like at the end of those days, I'm just going to, you know, go back to whatever goofiness I was doing before. It's just a a challenge to kind of, again, get real with myself, commit to what I want, And then build that momentum to continue on from there. Because it was not every day, but it was often enough where I was, you know, making excuses and going over my calories that I started to notice that I just didn't feel great. So I do that for myself. And right now at time of recording, I'm on day eight of that. The reason I like 10 days, that will take you through a consecutive Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if you do 10 days versus seven And if we're being honest here, weekends are the time when a lot of people struggle for various reasons. Um, And we can talk about that another time. It's not all just not following through with what you want. There's more to it than that, I think, a lot of times. But it's one of those things where, okay, I was consistent through this entire weekend. Now I literally have no excuses not to get my shit together. (laughs) You know? Yeah, that's a really good strategy. I really like that. And I think that people don't realize that your weekend is like 30% of your week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's a good chunk. It's a good chunk. And not only that, but like that's not a lifestyle then. Like it's not mm-hmm. a lifestyle then if you can't sustain it through the weekend. You know, I've been struggling with very similar things that Iris has. Like, you know, like I said yesterday, I ended up rearranging my entire kitchen because I noticed that I was putting foods that like I normally wouldn't gravitate towards in the line of sight and, you know, reaching, walking by, grabbing a cookie, doing all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, I have control over my environment. So focusing on what you can control and making sure that you're creating a strategic plan to try to make things easier on yourself. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about throwing out all the carbs in the house. (laughs) No, because first of all, carbs are delicious and carbs don't make you gain body fat, but Mm -hmm. you like, we are all products of our environment. So it comes down to like, okay, what, what is going to be the things that I can control that I can navigate to make this easier on myself? You know, and if that's switching out your Tupperware for clear containers, that's a that's one great thing you can do. If it's rearranging your pantry, if it is, you know, getting rid of the candy jar that's or the candy tray at work where you're like, hey, I'm going to put this in in my desk or if it's sitting out there, maybe taking a different route to the break room, you know, instead of having to walk by it and just grab a piece, you know, like what, whatever your situation is, like finding a way to control your environment and strategize. Because I know lately like that, that's what I was dealing with too, with my, you know, calories and protein, you know, it was really easy for me to walk by the cookies and grab one. So 
it's about controlling the controllables and doing things that you might not want to do at the time in order to see that success. It's the pillow test, right? When you put your head on the pillow at night, what are you going to be more proud of? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, little things like that. And, you know, I know some people might be listening to this going, oh, God, that's just a lot of work. But like, yeah, it, it is a lot of work to reach your goals. It requires work. And mm-hmm. you have to be ready and willing to do the work if you want to be successful. And I think there are too many people that do look for a quick fix and say they want a long-term solution, but they're not ready to do the work it takes to have a long-term solution. And that's that's where you really need to be that, that you need to evaluate yourself, evaluate your reasoning and refocus on drive instead of motivation. Like make the intent that you're going to do everything that you can, you know? And if you're not ready to make those changes, that's okay. It's okay to not be ready yet. Like, I think a lot of people put too much pressure on themselves when in reality, like, they just need to be honest with themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think we both had those moments, you know, over the past few weeks, like where we had to be honest. (laughs) Like I was yesterday, I was like, listen, bitch, to myself, obviously, (laughs) listen, bitch, you got to do something about, Mm -hmm. you know, what can you control? You got to do something about it because you are not doing things that are going to be conducive to what your goals are. You know, one of my goals is to get better sleep. And I can't do that if I'm eating a chocolate chip cookie at 1030 at night, you know, like it's going to interfere with my sleep because that's how it affects me. You know, it interferes with my sleep. I really can't eat up till two hours before bed because I know for me, you know, and everyone's different, but for me, like that impairs my sleep. So yeah. You know, same with like, if I drink too much water before bed, like I'll wake up in the middle of the night, then it's hard for me to fall back asleep. So I had to really take an honest look at what I was doing and see if it was hurting me or helping me. Yeah. And I think maybe we can end on this final note is that in all of this that we're talking about being honest with ourselves and examining our behavior and having those come to Jesus moments, there is no self-bullying here. Fuck no. Or self-deprecating bullshit. Right. I mean, this is a misconception I think a lot of people have is that having compassion for yourself and giving yourself grace is the same thing as being soft on yourself, right? And And not not wanting to be better and not wanting to make positive change towards your goals. And I take great issue with that. (laughs) Same here. I mean, yeah, you can't browbeat yourself into changing. No, how often have we tried that and it actually worked? Yeah, um, it didn't. It <laughs> didn't, guys. Like, spoiler alert. It doesn't work. Browbeating yourself into change doesn't work. Just like browbeating mm-hmm. change into somebody else doesn't work. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've had clients where it's like, well, I'm making all these changes and I want my partner to make a change. Like, that's valid. It's valid for you to want your partner to live a healthy lifestyle, but you can't criticize everything they're doing. You can't put them down. You can't do all of that. And most of the time we would, we talk to ourselves the way we would never talk to anybody else. So, oh, absolutely. Like having that compassion for yourself and be like, you know what? Today did not go as planned. What is one thing I can do tomorrow to make sure that my day goes on, goes according to plan? That is compassion. That is compassion. You don't have to sit there and be like, well, 
You know, like you don't what have to. What an idiot. You ate 15 cookies. What yeah. a dumb, you know. I think one yeah. day I did eat like 12 and they were delicious. <laughs> no regrets, but it was, I was not sleeping well that night, but it was, yeah. it, they were fucking good. <laughs> yeah, but there's a difference like between having compassion with yourself and also not putting up with your own bullshit, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can and call it's a yourself line. out. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes practice. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, that's all of this stuff takes practice, right? We're going to slip up. We're going to overdo it. We're going to make a mistake. That's life. And as long as we learn from those things and don't stop trying, we'll be okay. And just because you have one bad day doesn't mean you fucked everything up. Right. That's something where just because you're having a day where like you don't feel... Let's say you feel, I like to say fluffy. Let's say you feel a little fluffy. Let's say you feel bloated. Let's say you feel like, you know, you're not as confident as you would be on any other day. Do something that's going to make you feel better. Maybe it is going for a walk. Maybe it is drinking more water one day. Support yourself through that. Yeah. Instead of trying to, like you said, browbeat yourself out of it. Yeah. Or acknowledge the shit you are doing well. Mm -hmm. When you're doing well, that's also a form of self-compassion. If you're like, you know, fuck, my step count was low. I'm not making the most nutritious choices that are aligning with my goals. But what am I doing right? Well, I'm showing up to the gym consistently. I'm hitting all of my workouts. Like anytime you say one negative thing to yourself, I want you to follow that shit up with two positive things that you're doing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's that's something that I had to learn like with myself. And that's what I noticed that worked for me. Every single time I'm like, gosh, I'm not getting my step. Like this week, man, you know, I've, I've been really slacking on my steps. Oh, but you know what? I've been cooking at home more. Mm. Oh, you know what? I've really, I have not been drinking enough water, but I've been eating more fruits and veggies. You know, like you have to change your mindset around it and reframe your thoughts if you want to be successful. You can't rely on motivation. You have to control the things that are within your control and you have to have strategies to do that. And if you don't know what those are, follow Iris on Instagram, follow me on Instagram, hire <laughs> yeah. a coach, you know, follow Beth, you know, she'll yeah. tell you to, you know, she'll, Beth will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, control the controllables, folks. Yeah. There's a lot more things in your control than you think. I think is the case for a lot of people a lot of the times. Very, very rarely are we just completely out of control? That's very true. And sometimes it it might take a little bit of, you know, examination of like, well, can I actually control this? Okay, well, I can't control that, but I can do this. Okay, maybe I can't do that, but I can do this. And then you land on that and then you deal with that. Yeah, and there's a there's a difference between being out of control and feeling out of control. Oh, yeah. You might feel out of control, but you're not thinking logically if you're feeling. So one thing that I tell my clients to do all the time, and one thing that I do personally is I journal. Like I write that shit down. Even if it's like you're at work and you're at lunch and it's on a napkin and you write down, I'm feeling out of control, but these are within my control. And then you throw it in the garbage. Just getting it out and acknowledging what mm -hmm. you're feeling can be really, really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, I think that was a banger conversation. I I'm very excited for our listeners to hear it. I think there's some 
good challenges in here too. You know, mental examination, consistency challenge, rearranging the fridge. And again, not that you have to do all of these at once. Strategizing, (laughs) self-compassion. Yeah, that was a good episode. I'm glad that we had that conversation in the beginning and used it for inspiration. Yes, me too. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>